This show is brought to you by our generous patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. Robots Radio presents the Fallout Lorecast. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, a place for the Fallout community to come together to explore the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. Hey there, Vault Dwellers and Wastelanders. Today's episode is about Kate, the companion in Fallout 4. But before we get into that, I just wanted to give you a heads up that I'm making a few changes to the way that uh, the lore casts run, the Fallout lore cast and the Elder Scrolls lore cast, if you listen to that as well. I am going to be focusing more and more on the main content on each episode. So what that means is Less of the time spent at the back end of the episode doing the housekeeping stuff and more time just focusing on the main content and the lore. And in order to do that, what I've decided to do is move all of the patron thanks for the new patrons and the reading of the new reviews and things that I normally do every episode. And I'm going to put those and consolidate them all into the patron episode at the end of each month. So Please still look for call outs if you're signing up on Patreon and look for me to read your reviews live on the show. But those will be all happening in one place at the end of each month so that it doesn't interrupt kind of the flow of the lore and stuff. And hopefully I've got some other changes in the works as things continue to evolve. So thank you for hanging in there with me as I try out new things and try to make this the best podcast it can possibly be. I'd really like to talk to you. You ready now? Of course. Anything you need. Anything I need, huh? I might take you up on that one day. After Tommy stuck me with you, I was expecting to hate your guts. Not only because you agreed to pick up me contract, but because I was waiting for you to order me around like hired help. Now, so far, you've been treating me like a friend. Hell, you've been damn near nice to me. Now, I don't mean to sound ungrateful, but your kindness is starting to make me wonder if there's anything I learned in the combat zone. It was that nobody does things for other people without expecting something in return. What exactly do you think I'm expecting in return? Who knows? Doing your laundry, taking a bullet for you, hauling your gear. What's the difference? I don't think I'm getting through to you. Let me explain what I mean, then maybe you'll understand where I'm coming from. I spent three years living at the combat zone smelled like puke and piss but I called it home I was making a few caps had my own bed to sleep in and three hot meals a day then the raiders took over the place you know that lot you aren't exactly what you'd call the gentle type after they moved in if you didn't keep looking over your shoulder you were liable to get sucker punched or robbed or worse didn't take me long to learn that I had to put my hard-earned caps to good use buying friends was essential to making life easy so, I guess I'm waiting for you to hand me a bill. You know what I mean? You don't owe me a thing. Now I'm having a real hard time believing that. I'll tell you what. Give me some time and I'll think of something I can do to repay you. I'm not a rich girl, but I'm sure we can agree on something. After all, what are friends for? One of the most beautiful things 
in the world is a redemption story. I believe that there are two main themes that occur again and again in Western literature that make up the two things that really connect with us on an emotional level. And many stories include these elements. They, they exist across literature for thousands of years, really. All the way from religious texts to popular plays to the blockbuster movies that we watch all the time. And one of those is a redemption arc. The second one is sacrifice. And we're not going to talk about that in this episode, although that does come about in all sorts of different works, including video games like the Fallout series. But for this episode, we're going to talk about redemption. There's a basic human need to believe in the potential of redemption. This hope that just because the world is the way it seems, and in many cases, is terrible. In the world of Fallout, you have a post-apocalyptic world where everything is terrible. And one of the things that's so cool about the game is that because you can choose as your character to do what you're going to do, to treat others the way you want to be treated, or to be a psychopath, there is the potential to bring a selfless giving to characters who have only been taken from their entire lives. There's something about the power that exists in an individual to give without ever seeking to receive. That kind of person is without need. They're unassailable in some ways. They give without the need to get something back. And there's something that is strange and foreign to us about that. It's very rare that we don't seek something in return, even if it's just affirmation or thanks. But that's exactly what you can do in these games and exactly the way that you can play out the relationships with some of these characters. And in the case of Kate, we have a character that who, who is just absolutely in need of caring because she has lived a life where she has never, ever received kindness. Ever. She was born to a family that didn't want her, that treated her like she was a burden from the earliest that she can remember, only to be sold into slavery so that they could make a few bucks, a few caps, and then spent a life with raiders and as a cage fighter where all she ever knew was abuse and being property to somebody else. She has one of the saddest stories in her 23 years of any of the companions that you come across. And yet, 
deep down inside of her, although she has this very tough exterior and she's known as a tremendous cage fighter, she's soft and damaged and looking for there to be hope in the world at least a little bit and is in extreme doubt of it. You can hear from the dialogue at the beginning of the episode that when your character starts treating her nice, she keeps asking about some sort of secondary purpose. She's never met somebody who is just nice and kind and giving in order to be nice and kind and giving. There's always a secondary purpose. There's always something that that person wants to get from her. And in many cases, they've taken anything they wanted as dark as that can get. So let's dig into a little bit of her history. Most of what we know about her comes from her dialogue in the game itself and a little bit of the context from which we find her in. And according to the Gamepedia.com article, it says here that she was born into an abusive family. And I mentioned this a minute ago, but it goes into more detail. Her parents routinely beat and yelled at her. There were two times when she tried to run away. The first time she did it, they locked her in a shed outside the house they lived in. The second time, they broke one of her legs. I can't imagine parents acting like that, but it is a real thing. These are the kinds of things that happen in the real world and also in Fallout. Now, Kate was still convinced as a child that they must have loved her at least a little bit because they didn't kick her out. They didn't let her go. But she notes in a conversation with you in the game that that illusion was shattered. On her 18th birthday, they locked her up and sold her into slavery. That was the moment she realized that her parents were just absolutely scum. They never wanted her, and they were only keeping her around in order to cash out on a few caps. For the next five years, Kate was used as an entertainment slave for a variety of purposes she refuses to detail, and I have a feeling that we all understand why she would refuse to detail those things. They must have been absolutely dreadful. While it wrecked her emotionally and warped her personality, Kate carefully cultivated an anger inside her and eventually learned some tricks of the trade. Stealing caps from sleeping slavers, she eventually managed to buy herself out. Now, this was a thing that occurs in real history. There are documented cases of slaves, whether in the Roman Empire or even in the American South, who at some points, based on the situations they were in, were able to actually purchase their own freedom. This is a real thing that happens. With 23 years worth of pent-up fury, she tracked down her parents and slaughtered them in bloody vengeance. I kind of can't blame her for that. I mean, that's really rough. And most of us live in conditions where we never have to deal with the kinds of abuse that she goes through. But, I don't know. Would you do that if you had that kind of childhood? The article goes on and says, After everything was said and done, Kate 
took to alcohol and chems to forget her past. Now, this is a very common thing. Human psyche, the human psyche, is fragile. And when it acquires enough pain, it often seeks to quiet that pain, that hurt, and to self-medicate. And that almost never works. It's a short-term solution. It just ultimately makes things worse in the long run. But it's something that happens to a lot of people. And sometimes it comes about in ways that aren't as damaging as alcohol and drugs. Sometimes it's just minor addictions. But in Kate's case, it was significant. She went on and joined the combat zone as a gladiator and fought to provide her with the funds to buy everything she needed to forget. It was basically a dangerous loop of combat to the death in order to numb the pain. And I have a feeling that ultimately, if she had died in the ring, that wouldn't have been too much of a problem for her. It says her that the point of the fighting wasn't just to provide her with funds. She hated everyone and herself the most. And the violence, the pain, the wounds, and the psycho were ways to punish herself and ultimately find death. But unfortunately, she was too tough to beat. Even when raiders took the joint over and it got decidedly more brutal. The way Kate describes it, those who didn't keep their head on a swivel were liable to get sucker punched or at a minimum robbed. Kate learned that short of buying friends, she's a victim waiting to be preyed upon. The teacher was a raider named Stratton who dumped her to be beaten up by raiders the moment she stopped having sex with him. By the time the sole survivor comes, Kate has been a cage fighter for three years, two of them under Raider management, all with a hundred victories to her name. A hundred times she was put in a situation where she had to fight to the death and she was the one who survived. Now, she may be broken, but she's extremely skilled. The article ends by saying that she puts up a deceptively convincing tough Irish gal act, but beneath the exterior lurks a broken woman with a lifetime of misery behind her. That can't be understated. Her life was absolutely terrible. Yet despite her life being a seemingly unceasing march of adversity, disappointment, and horror, coupled with psycho-reliance and the accompanying progressive health damage, Kate refuses to put a shotgun slug through the roof of her mouth. And in fact, that is her default weapon. She carries a shotgun. Despite looking at the shotgun barrels more than once, she has yet to pull the trigger. Perhaps she is praying to find a single, decent scrap of humanity in her life. And perhaps the sole survivor will be that scrap. Now, this is interesting that it ends like this. Because that's the whole point of what I've been saying in this episode, is that even when it comes to 
characters like Kate who have lived a horror of a lifetime, there's something inherent in humanity that seeks the potential for something better and wants to believe in the goodness in other people. And we all know, you and me, we're a mixed bag. There are days where I just want to think about myself and do what I want and not have to worry about anyone else. And there are days where I'm way more giving and caring of others because I feel like ultimately that's what I need to do or that's what will actually bring me meaning in life or because I just want to be a better person. We go back and forth. Ultimately, we can make those decisions and we are affected by the way that we are brought up. We are affected by the way other people treat us. But ultimately, that is the strength of humanity is that even when put in a situation where everything seems dark, we can still make the choice to keep going. Now, maybe that's part of evolution. Maybe that's something that is inherently inside of us and keeps us going because from an evolutionary perspective, that means that we are going to be more likely to procreate and keep the species going. And it makes sense, right? Any type of organism that gives up is eventually no longer going to pass that trait on and all of that organism will go away. So the organisms that remain are the ones who have the trait to keep pushing on no matter how terrible it gets. So maybe that's something inherent to just being a biological creature, but maybe there's something more to it. Maybe there's something deep inside each of us that is seeking to be more than just selfish, to believe that other people and through other people ourselves can become the good in the world. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. Now, I mentioned it at the beginning of the show. This is normally where we do the housekeeping stuff, but instead, I'm bringing you more lore. We're going to do the housekeeping stuff, the Patreon shoutouts, the reviews and that stuff at the end of this month during our patron episode. So I wanted to dig a little bit deeper into this because there are some other details about Kate that are interesting. But first of all, if you haven't played through her entire loyalty story, it's interesting. You help get her off of her dedication to psycho, uh, dedication, her addiction to psycho. Um, she's a great fighter. There, there's some uh, definite reasons why to keep her around not to mention the really cool accents because as uh, one of our um, foreign friends on the discord mentioned recently that you Americans are really obsessed with other people's accents yes we are uh, she's got a really great Irish accent but there's some other things that are really interesting about Kate now like every other character that you can turn into a companion that comes around with you. She likes and loves and dislikes and hates certain things. And I thought some of these are really interesting. So to begin with, when she's in kind of a rougher state, she likes and loves and dislikes different things slightly. Like she tends to like it when you drink alcohol or take drugs. And then later on, that's not 
that, that changes up. But she also uh, likes it when you have a selfish and violent disposition. I thought this one was really interesting. She likes it when you get publicly naked. <laughs> Public nudity is one of the things that she is like into, which is interesting. Uh, also, general nefarious things like lockpicking, stealing, uh, shaking somebody down for a larger reward. <laughs> Specifically, if you call Abbott crazy when he remarks that the wall seems happy with the new paint, she likes that. And then also taking the sarcastic option when describing the pre-war world to Daisy. So she likes kind of a smarmy, sarcastic attitude. I thought this was also interesting, too, because she absolutely loves when you keep drinking, buddy, for yourself. And I thought this was interesting because as much as I play through the games, I don't always catch everything. I didn't come across buddy or drinking buddy in the game. This is something I somehow missed completely. So drinking buddy, if you're not familiar, is described as the ultimate automated drinking experience. He's basically a robot that was specialized in brewing beer at an accelerated rate. And it looks like you get to keep him, which is pretty cool. Now, it says in the wiki article that he can be given holotapes containing alcohol recipes that he will store in his inventory. He can also change regular beers and soft drinks into their ice cold variants, granting 35 AP in addition to the usual strength and charisma plus one intelligence minus one. This is done by following the dialogue option to request a beer, but instead placing drinks into his inventory. Alternatively, the recipes may also remove, uh, be removed just by trying to talk to him. Drinks that one can give him to make ice cold are any Gwinnett beverage, any Nuka-Cola, and any Vim. Somehow I totally missed out on this guy, which is kind of crazy. Um, he's also equipped with a flamer and a laser gun, and he alternates between them in combat, which is really kind of cool. He's got some quests. Man, I don't know how I missed this guy. Totally, totally missed him. He's um, he's affiliated with the Shamrock Tap House and Hotel Rexford. So that's that's about what I can gather so far just from this wiki area. I didn't I didn't dive in too much. He's a modified Protectron. He kind of looks a little bit like him, but with kind of this more robust serving alcohol kind of container top looking thing. So uh, I'm going to have to dig back into this game and go find him because that's super cool. I don't know how I completely missed that. There's even a quest called Trouble Bruin associated with Drinking Buddy. So anyway, done with that side tangent. I thought that was really cool. I always discover things that I miss because the games are so big. Um, if you have any experience with Drinking Buddy, send me a note and uh, let's let's talk about your experiences with Drinking Buddy because he sounds hilarious. Um, also, let's see, Kate also loves uh, joking about the blood of his enemies keeping the vault Tech representative alive, threatening Madison Lee to force her to work on Liberty Prime, <laughs> convincing Bobby No-Nos to cough up extra caps during the big dig, and telling Wolfgang to lower his weapon outside the dumb, uh, Drumlin Diner. Uh, she doesn't like cannibalism, which is good, the death of innocence. She doesn't like helping homeless wastelanders, which is kind of odd, but all right. Uh, she doesn't like joining the Brotherhood, aiding the Railroad, the Institute, or the Minutemen in any way. She's very much a loner. 
Um, there's a few other things, but she absolutely hates the sole survivor flirting with any character after romancing her. She is monogamous and absolutely hates you saying anything flirtatious to anybody else at all. Uh, she also hates selling Billy Peabody to Bullet during Kid in the Fridge, the, that quest line, and telling Miss Edna that love is, a, is an important part of a child's education because she was denied love as a child. From my perspective, I really enjoyed Kate as a character. I thought she was damaged, but interesting. She was tough. Uh, I also thought it was a lot of fun to put funny helmets and outfits on her because it didn't match her personality. Um, maybe that's just how I play the games. I also, and maybe maybe I've got a thing for uh, pale skinned redheads, but I, I thought she was super cute as one of the characters in the game. Um, I mean, she totally kicked my butt. So like if I was in that world, then romancing her would probably not work out so great. Uh, but she's pretty cute. Um, I'll just leave that there. So that's about it for Kate. If you guys have any specific stories about specific companions, especially somebody like Kate or uh, one of the other companions we've talked about already, then I would love to hear them. And sharing them on the Discord would be great. Uh, there's links in the show notes. You guys know how to get a hold of me. All that stuff's at the end of the episode. Uh, Twitter, at Fallout Lorecast. Uh, there's an email address and a bunch of other stuff in the show notes. I would love to see you guys on the internet, in the Discord, chatting up about this stuff. It's always a fun time. And until next week, consider how you treat other people because it does leave a lasting impression. And think about maybe who in your life you might be I don't know, a beacon of light too. Because everybody deserves somebody, right? All right, Wastelanders, Vault Dwellers, see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fallout Lorecast. All sounds and music are owned by Bethesda Softworks, and no copyright infringement is intended. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please contact us at falloutlorecast at gmail.com or follow us and post some messages to us on Twitter at falloutlorecast. And if you'd like to support the show, tell a friend or check out the rewards you can get for becoming a patron at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. I really appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you soon.